Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Praise the Lord, and I am reading from Luke today. Again, we've been reading from Luke and preaching from Luke the past few services uh, because we've been reading from Luke through the month of December with our reading plan from Maranatha. And uh, if you had followed along with that, you read chapter 24 on the 24th. I'm going all the way back to chapter 1, though, to preach from today. Chapter 1 of Luke, verse number 38, the Bible says, Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And look at this part. And the angel departed from her. The angel departed from her. So I'm going to talk to you today from that part of that verse of Scripture, and I want to talk to you about this that I've simply entitled, The Angel is Gone. Now what? Now what? The supernatural is over. What do we do now? Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your blessings, for your goodness, for your mercy. I pray that you will touch our hearts and our ears, our understanding, that we will hear what the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak to every one of us today. In Jesus' wonderful and precious name, everyone said amen. Let's give Jesus one more hand clap of praise, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I had been preaching from chapter 1 of Luke, and I think it was last week that I talked about the supernatural encounter that she had and uh, all that was taking place there. And she did have a supernatural encounter with an angel that showed up in her room to speak with her and to tell her the wonderful blessings of God that were about to come into her life. But the problem is this encounter ended, and it ended with the angel giving her his information, her saying whatever will be, will be, basically is what she was saying. As, as you have said, I'm the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And she had this supernatural experience only to have the angel leave, and now she's on her own. Now it's just her. Her and the world around her. And she's got a problem. Because there's something about a wonderful, supernatural experience that as I look around here today, I would imagine each one of us can say we've experienced that supernatural touch of God in our lives. We've had moments being in a church service or, or in a prayer meeting or maybe when you were baptized, maybe filled with the Holy Ghost and you began to speak with other tongues and you had that supernatural experience with God and you were, you were walking on a cloud and everything was great and everything was going to work out and then the church service ended or the prayer meeting ended and you went home, and the supernatural was gone, and it was just you and the memory of what had taken place. So whether it's a prayer meeting, a baptism, being filled with the Holy Ghost, 
This experience transforms our life. And any time you are in the presence of God, where God touches you, moves in your life, it is a transforming experience until that experience fades into the background. And the experience is just a memory. You ever been there? Suddenly the experience, the feeling, it's all gone now. It's just a memory, and where do we go for here? What happened to that great feeling that I felt when I was in the presence of God, when I was in the midst of the church service, when people were praying and the Holy Ghost was moving and I believed that I could do anything and I was ready to walk out the door and transform my world only to step outside the door and find out that I was all alone. People didn't readily accept my testimony. And I had a hard time explaining to people what happened to me. And instead of being excited about it, they fought me. I remember when I got the Holy Ghost and I went home and I told somebody very dear to me. First thing they said was, you're going to that church, aren't you? I thought they'd be excited like I was. They weren't excited like I was. They fought me. I would dare say, you've been fought. What happens? What takes place? Have you ever started something you thought God wanted you to do? Do you ever feel led by the Spirit to do something? You step out by faith to do it, and you think all is going to work out, and everything's going to be great, and suddenly all hell breaks out against you, and everybody is against you, and nobody sees what you see, and you begin to doubt your own experience? You begin to wonder if you heard anything at all. You begin to wonder if you were yourself weren't just caught up in an emotion. Mary had that kind of an experience. She was in her house by herself when an angel showed up and began to proclaim things that she never dreamed possible. I'm going to give forth birth to a son. I've never been with a man. Oh, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. And that child that's going to be born from you is going to be called the child of the Most High. Wait till Joseph hears this. Wait till Joseph hears this. This was from God, was it not? An angel told me this, did he not? Surely Joseph is going to have a smile on his face when I tell him and say, oh, this is awesome. This is, uh, this is supernatural. This is God. Man, Mary, I'm so proud of you. You had an angel show up and talk to you? An angel told you this? And now you're pregnant? What did the Bible say he did? Are you serious? You expect me to buy into that? What do you think I am? You think I was born yesterday? You're pregnant, it's of the Holy Ghost? I know how people get pregnant. It ain't by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Can you say amen? Over in Matthew chapter 1, this was Joseph's reaction. Now listen, this is what happens when we have a move of God. God transforms us, and we believe something. We believe we can do something, and we are faced with nothing but opposition. Listen to Joseph, who was the one that loved her. If anybody was supposed to support her, it's supposed to be Joseph. The Bible says in chapter 1 of Matthew, but because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He decided to divorce her quietly. 
he was at least going to spare her the shame of letting everybody know they're getting a divorce. Getting a divorce. I just had to, an angel showed up here. Yeah, I'm going to divorce you now because I know how girls get pregnant. And I know what you're telling me. Listen to me, church. I'm telling you, every one of us have had a supernatural experience. And if you didn't have one yet, you need to have one. You need to get such a hold of God that your life becomes transformed. But I want to tell you something. When your life becomes transformed and you turn around, this world is not going to understand that. I said this world will not understand what you are trying to tell them. And the feeling you had in that prayer meeting and when you were standing in the altar speaking with tongues and the revelation was before you and you could see God doing great things and you stepped out to start doing those great things and all hell broke out against you to the point that you begin to wonder, did I really feel anything? Does it really matter? Should I keep trying? I'm here to say yes. Don't you ever let go of what God's done for you in your private time with Him. Praise God. Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 tells us the people that know their God. Not the people that get the good responses from others. The people that know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. But you need to understand something. This is what I want to get to today. You must understand something. No matter what kind of experience you ever had in God, and I pray every one of you have been baptized in Jesus' name, and if you haven't, come and see me. I pray every one of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. If you haven't, come and let's talk. But I'm here to tell you something. You need to understand that no matter what kind of experience you have with God on your own, you cannot make it on your own. Did you hear me? You cannot make it on your own. You cannot take what God has given you, whether you found that in a prayer meeting, in a baptismal tank, at an altar call, it does not matter where you grab hold and lay hold on this relationship that you have with God. You cannot come up from that point and go on and think you can make it alone. Can't. The angel's going to walk away. He's going to give you the information. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, give you great revelation. But suddenly, it's going to all walk away. And there you stand with people that don't believe. What are you going to do? Well, you need to do what Mary did. Let me tell you what Mary did. The first thing Mary did, the Bible tells us, in chapter 1 of Matthew. Now Mary arose in those days. And she went into the hill country with haste. She hurried up and did this. She didn't want to wait around to get discouraged. She didn't want to wait around until people talked her out of her experience that she just had with an angel. With haste, what did she do? She went to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now, what's so special about Elizabeth? How many of you know who Elizabeth is? Elizabeth was Zacharias' husband. She was the mother of John the Baptist. 
That's who Elizabeth was, the mother of John the Baptist. Now, the mother of John the Baptist was old. She was an old lady. She could not have children. She was well beyond bearing children. Her husband was an old man. He was well beyond producing children himself. And he had a vision of the angel who talked to him and said, your wife is going to give forth birth to a son, and he's going to be the one that goes before the Messiah. And he, it was, it was mind-blowing to him. But the day came when his wife got pregnant, and she produced a son, and that son son was John the Baptist. Elizabeth knew about the supernatural. And when Mary had a supernatural experience with God that even her own husband-to-be could not understand it, she packed her things and she went to find somebody that could understand the supernatural the way she could understand it. And she met with Elizabeth and listen to this. Now, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, now Joseph said, pregnant by God? An angel told you this? Where is the angel? Uh, he left. <laughs> Can you call him back here? No, I... I You want me to believe? He couldn't get it. But Elizabeth had experienced what she experienced because Elizabeth also experienced the supernatural. And when she realized, I need to get a hold of somebody that understands this kind of supernatural experience that took place with me, she immediately packed her bags and she headed off to a distant land and she got to where Elizabeth was. And it says that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she spoke out with a loud voice and she said, blessed are you among women. Now Joseph just got done saying, I'm putting you away because you are cursed among women. But Elizabeth said, blessed are you among women. Let me tell you something. There's nobody that understands apostolics like apostolics. I'm here to tell you I do not fit in this world. When I walk outside these church doors and go who knows where, people do not understand where I'm coming from. But when I come here and I meet up with you and you've experienced the same thing I've experienced, together we can encourage one another. Praise God. You think we want you to come to church because we want our church building filled because we want to be able to brag about how many come to our church? Oh, no, my friend. It's not about numbers at all. It's about like people of like precious faith meeting with one another who understand where we're coming from, who when we talk about supernatural things and when we talk about the Spirit of God, we understand each other and we encourage one another and we believe in one another. So what the Bible said, Hebrews chapter 10, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Love and good works. How do you stir up love and good works? Well, number one, not by, by, by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I'm all for if you can't make it to church, listen to it on a podcast or watch it on a live stream. I'm all for that. But don't ever let that replace coming together. Because, my friend, I need to look in somebody's eyes that understands where I'm coming from. My spirit needs to reach out and touch your spirit to encourage me. 
Because a good sermon is a good sermon, but I need more than just a sermon. I need some fellowship. I need somebody that understands what I'm talking about, that understands what I'm experiencing, that understands what I have in my heart, that understands the transformation that's taken place in my life. I need you, and you need me. Someone said amen. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching, the closer we get to the coming, of the, the, the coming of the Lord Jesus, the more we need to be faithful to the house of God. We need each other. Is this on? We need each other. You may not like it, but you need me. And I do like it. I need you. Why? I read this on New Year, uh, Christmas Eve service. I read this. This is a part of what, what I actually read, but I wanted to throw it in here because it's, it's so true. It says this, I am blind to my own blindness. Isn't that interesting? I'm blind to my own blindness, and I need the perspective of others who are farther along the road to Christ-likeness than I am. How good is that? I need the relationship and the perspective of you. I need to see how you see things. I need to understand how you feel about things. He said, we all suffer from soul amnesia, forgetting who God is and forgetting what He has done for for us from one day to the next. If Mary had just hung around Joseph, she might have lost hope in her vision. She might have lost hope in her belief. She might have said, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe this isn't supernatural at all. But she went to somebody that knew all about the supernatural and was able to be blessed and fed by that. We need one another. We all suffer from soul amnesia, forgetting who God is and what He has done for us from one day to the next. We must be reminded regularly who Jesus is and what He can do for us in our lives. I don't know about you, but I can't tell you the number of times I have walked into the house of God discouraged and despondent and unsure and doubtful and hurting and broken, only to come here and have your spirit reach out and touch me and revive me. I need to be in your presence. And you need to be in each other's presence. We must not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Church is the place where believers can love one another. According to 1 John 4.12, encourage one another. According to Hebrews 3.13, spur one another on to love and good works. According to Hebrews 10.24, serve one another. Serve one another. Galatians 5.13, instruct one another, Romans 15.14. Honor one another, Romans 12.10. And be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4.32. Not only do you receive love, encouragement, service, instruction, honor, kindness, compassion, but you also have the opportunity to give the same because you don't know which soul is struggling that walks up to you. And you might not even realize that just your smile 
just your handshake, just the words of, I'm glad to see you today, could lift a spirit of someone who's been beaten down by a world that does not understand where they're coming from. We need each other, church. This isn't about having a big church so we can brag about a big number. This is about needing one another because the world does not understand where you and I are coming from when it comes to our faith in Almighty God. Can someone say amen? Let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up. You may not receive everything you need from one person. You realize that? You also may not have everything one person needs. And here's what I mean by that. One might show love that another can't, while another encourages in a way that the other couldn't. One serves, and another instructs, another honors, another shows kindness, another shows compassion. On and on and on it goes. So that every need that I have emotionally and physically and spiritually can be met by somebody. If I'm down, you might lift my spirit. If I'm sad, you might make me happy. If I'm broken, you might heal. If I need a smile, you might be the one. But guess what? You also can't fill everyone's needs, all of them. But you might be able to do one little thing. Don't think because it's only a little thing, it's not worth doing. If the best you can do is shake someone's hand and smile and say, I'm glad to see you, then do that. Do that. What your hands find to do, do it with your might. Because the angel is gone. The supernatural happened, but we don't live in it. We live in the real world. And we've got a Joseph that doesn't always understand where we're coming from. We've got a family that doesn't always quite comprehend what we're talking about. But if I can get to somebody else who's experienced what I've experienced, I can make it. My friend, let's be faithful to the house of God. Let's be faithful. You may not be able to do everything, but you can certainly do one thing. Jameson, come. You may not be able to do everything, but you can certainly do one thing. Maybe you can't encourage somebody, but you can smile at them. You can show them an act of kindness. In fact, I wonder what would happen if we here at Maranatha began coming to church looking for someone that we might bless instead of looking to be blessed. I wonder what would happen. If we went around wondering, looking at the faces of one another, feeling each other's spirits, which is another reason why we need to be in church and not just watching it on the computer screen. Because we need to see each other. We need to feel each other's spirits. I wonder what would happen if we walked in here wondering, what need can I meet? What am I good at? You good at smiling? Then smile at everybody. Whatever your gift is, put it to work in the kingdom of God. For a church body to function properly, all of its body parts need to be present and they need to be working.
And so it's not just enough to attend church. We need to be involved in some kind of ministry. And yes, Sunday school is a ministry. Grounds care is a ministry. Cleaning is a ministry. Music is, I know all of that. But let's not forget the ministry to one another that we all should partake in. The ministry to one another. So as we go into this new year, I want to go into this new year understanding that it's not just a number. It's not just, oh, we had this mountain church today. Oh, Maranatha has got great music. Oh, Maranatha. No, I want people to walk in here and have their emotional, broken spirits touched by somebody who had something to offer. You need an Elizabeth. And your Elizabeth is somebody who's been where you are, who knows the supernatural and believes in your walk. Can we stand together and clap our hands for Jesus? Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.